Welcome to The Mystic and the Skeptic, the show that asks the tough questions and explores different alternatives to today's pressing issues, theories, or enigmas. Join us in an exploration of the mystic-skeptic mind space. In this week's show, I will be discussing Jewish mysticism or Kabbalah. Uh, I have my good friend on the line, Jay Castro, who's a student of Judaism. And we're going to be going back and forth between some of my research on the subject and some comments from Jay. I've, I've dealt with all kinds of different things throughout the, the last three years, but now we're getting a little more focused. And uh, Kabbalah has been something that has been elusive for me. When I first heard about Kabbalah, I was kind of uh, put off by it. I thought it was some type of magic or occult thing. And then the more you, you study from an academic perspective, you realize that it's like the, the core um, supernatural aspect of the revelation of, of Torah and Judaism. So you can call uh, the giving of the Ten Commandments uh, some type of Kabbalah because Kabbalah means to be able to, uh, to receive and... Um, so in Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, the, the idea of revelation is very important because we have natural revelation, what we can see from the universe, and then we have this special time wherein uh, the deity or, or God has revealed himself to us and is trying to spread the knowledge of the his kingdom or his way of, of ordering the universe. And that humans have to be perceptive to be able to connect with that. So, um, Jay, did you feel uh, similarly when you first heard about Kabbalah? Did, did you have some uh, trepidations about it? Or uh, were you willing to explore it uh, easily? Well, at first, um, I, uh, I went into a, um, a Kabbalah center here in, uh, in the city that I live in. And uh, so that was my first uh, experience. And uh, I don't recall um, the exact uh, day of celebration, but um, I, I believe it was uh, something related to um, the rabbi's um, death. Um, the one that's, the, the rabbi that was responsible for the, uh, the writing of the, of, uh, of the Zohar. And uh, so it was very, uh, to me, it was very, at, at first I didn't, I was standoffish because um, there was a lot of uh, spiritual talk that I didn't kind of um, find connecting to, um, to the Torah. It was very, very new to me. So possibly it was like by Omer, is the Jewish holiday that celebrates um, the 13th day of counting of the Omer, but it's also... Uh, the anniversary of the death of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who um, in mystical circles or in, you know, I would call it fundamentalist religious circles, they think that he was the one that wrote the Sohar. Uh, there is a tradition of that, but then there's also in scholarly circles that it was written by someone else and then it was attributed to him a thousand years later or 800 years later. So, um, so it's a very important time for Kabbalists, and we just celebrated that um, about two weeks ago. Um, I've only been to one Lag Baomer celebration, but the Kabbalah Center, you know, just to go right at it, it's like the light version of 
what Kabbalah really is. And in, in some people's perspectives, it's actually the New Age or the exploitative version of what Kabbalah could be. Uh, one of our my previous guests um, mentioned that they've turned it into kind of like a, a game of chess between people and God, that if you have so many um, books or talismans or amulets or whatever, that suddenly positive things start happening in your life. So it's very similar. It's been turned into something very similar to like the secret or some type of um, force of faith. Or There's a lot of different movements out there where if you think positive, positive things are going to happen to you. And yeah, yeah. is that what you experience at the Kabbalah Center? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> to comment? I was just about to say that. So um, when I went there, they, uh, there was uh, some, some uh, Jewish men with kippahs. <clears throat> and um, they started uh, sharing uh, their, their, their stories um, of uh, miracles that were actually happening when they were going out and handing out copies of the Zohar to people. And um, so I was, that was one of the biggest things. Is, and, and so they kept putting, they put a lot of emphasis on um, anyone who has one of these uh, copies, uh, which were in Aramaic, um, regardless if you know what it says or, or if you know um, how to read Aramaic or not, just by possessing one, um, that you're going to be blessed by Hashem, that you cause a lot of things to move in your favor, um, so it was very, very spirit, spiritist, universalist type of um, free spirit thinking that was like really had me standoffish. Well, to define some terms, uh, kippah is the Hebrew term for yarmulke. Uh, Jews call God Hashem. That means the name. So to avoid pronouncing God's name, we say Hashem or Adonai, the Lord. And then um, the Sohar. Uh, I actually have a copy in my library. It's called uh, The Holy Sohar, The Book of Abraham, A Book of Healing and Protection, Special Pocket Size Edition. This is uh, issued by the Kabbalah Center, and it has like a brief introduction, and then it has, uh, it has some Arabic, then it has some Hebrew, and I guess the rest is Aramaic. And, um, and, and again, the Book of uh, the Sohar is a compendium of different mystical teachings and it's kind of vast and and kind of very easy to interpret any way you want some people say that about the bible and some people have superstitious ideas about the bible that if you put it in your pocket when you go to war it'll protect you but that's pretty much what they've made with the sohar and they printed this small version of it um, they also sell you the 700 uh version of that they made and it has their commentary and it's two rabbis that studied with a traditional rabbi they're more liberal and they've kind of made the kabbalah center flourish through getting um different pop stars and famous people involved including madonna who donated a lot of money to their te uh, their temple in safed uh, israel in the north part of israel where all the mystics lived so um, enough about the Kabbalah Center, but it is it's, it's like the face of Kabbalah nowadays. I had an elderly lady ask me if I could teach her Kabbalah, 
because she uh, it gave her a lot of hope. And even Madonna has said that knowing the mysteries of the Bible uh, has made her more aware of what things are happening. So there might be some positive things in the Kabbalah Center, but for people who are more traditional, it seems like exploitative and superstitious. Um, so let's get into what is Kabbalah or Jewish mysticism uh, according to the sources. And and that's the one thing that you learn in school, in Jewish studies, is that you can come up with very creative interpretations of what you think things are, but you have to be true to the sources. You can't redefine things uh, because then it turns into something else. So Judaism has a tradition of being committed to um, the previous sages and writers of of Jewish tradition and and you know nowadays people have reinterpreted things to fit to modern life but people who are more traditional they want to really get to the bottom of what did people think about these subjects in the past so according to the the saints of the fathers this is a it's called Pirkei Avot is one of the um they call it um Agadah or uh, just sayings or ethical treatments within the Talmud. It says that Moses received Torah from God at Sinai. He transmitted it to Joshua, Joshua to the elders, the elders to the prophets, the prophets to the members of the great assembly. So there's this idea that the oral law, there's not only the written law, the books of, of Moses, there's a, a tradition of, of interpretation or understanding of how to keep the commandments that was passed down through the different prophets all the way to the Sanhedrin, that's the great assembly. Uh, and that itself is a form of, of Kabbalah because it's, it's kind of like the the whispers of God to, to the ear of Moses and the, the type of understanding they would, they would come from partaking of, of that revelation of God. Um, have you, uh, Jay, encountered that type of definition of Kabbalah? Like after having another great experience at the Kabbalah Center, uh, what made you go back to Kabbalah and, and, and give it another chance? Well, um, I, I talked to my uh, circle of influence and, and uh, also to my rabbi in regards to um, Kabbalah. And uh, they had a, a, very, a totally different perspective that actually makes sense. Um, and uh, to where it's a spiritual expression, some would say a spiritual expression of the uh, giving of the Torah, from the giving of the Torah to now, and um, and so, and I've heard similar definitions uh, uh, like you uh, mentioned earlier. Okay, so Kabbalah is often associated with the Jewish spiritualists of the Middle Ages who claim to have hidden tradition. However, since divine truth is eternal, they are only exposing stuff that was already there. There was many schools of Kabbalah, the, the German school, the Spanish school, the provenance, um, the people from Cordoba. Uh, there's uh, Isaac Luria, who's one of the, the great sages of Kabbalah. There's people in Italy, people in Morocco, Morocco and Yemen, Eastern Europe, um, the Lithuanian. So it's everywhere. Like so, everybody had a different definition or understanding of what Kabbalah was, uh, and some people have mislabeled Kabbalah as magic, philosophy, science, or psychology. 
These individuals have made it into a universal principle, which is part of all human thought, not just Judaism. Uh, it's funny, um, you know, I like to um, stretch, and I was struggling with uh, yoga, and I found that there's a guy in Israel that says that yoga is actually not Indian, but is uh, is Abrahamic, and he does these. There's one group that does the letters of the Hebrew alphabet with their their body, like the shapes of them. And then this other guy was saying that before that one of the mysteries that God revealed to Abraham was how to do yoga. So people are going to do whatever they want with the information and define it any way they want. But um, in your previous studies, had people warn you to stay away from Kabbalah because it was occultic or, or magical? Yes, at first uh, I received uh, a couple of uh, private messages from some close friends of mine um, that were um, uh, they were more concerned um, that I was that I uh, visited the Kabbalah Center and um, <clears throat> and told me about uh, you know they part they pr pretty much uh, confirmed my experience um, and you know and they explained that it's that's that it's a new age or it's a misrepresentation of what true Kabbalah is and what true Kabbalah means. Um, so from that point and uh, with further explanation, um, you know, it, it made more sense to me. Okay. And then there are important texts such as Sefer Rasim, which is a mystical book given to Noah by the angel Raziel and passed down through biblical history to Solomon, for whom it was a great source of wisdom. And it was purported to have magical powers. There's also Shiur Koma, which is attributed to Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Ishmael. Those are great sages of the Talmudic time. They're called the Tanaim. It is believed to describe the foundational concepts of the Sefirot. That's another concept from Kabbalah. is the ten emanations, sometimes thirteen, of God. And it teaches about the body of God, which is based on the Song of Songs. Um... When you started uh, looking more into it, Jay, did it uh, appease your concerns or did it get even more weird? Because some of these concepts um, can be kind of, I don't want to say frightening, but this idea that God has a body or that God cannot relate to creation without these emanations. Like, scholars would say that there's like Neoplatonic concepts from the Greeks that have been incorporated into Judaism. Um, I know for some people, the Bible is their main source of authority. Um, and when you start trying to interpret the Bible or to derive ideas from the Bible that are not easily seen, it becomes kind of scary that there might be tampering with Scripture. Um, have you had any of those concerns uh, pop up lately? No, I, I haven't had any 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 concerns like like that. Um, I think you, you know with uh, I I wasn't um, I did slow down and I did stop my um, you know I wasn't um, studying as much as I was um, wanting to do it, um, but I'm still open to it. But I I you know I don't I don't have a my my um, perspective at, at first was negative but it was you know it wasn't it didn't um, it changed quickly um, shortly after so um, you know I'm, I'm just 
trying to pace myself and not really get into it. But no, I don't. I don't find it uh, uh, alarming or distracting. Um, you know, I just because I know that um, what what the my solid foundation and 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 always to keep in mind is is that the Torah, Tanakh, and um, of course uh, the men of the great assembly, the sages, and so um, you know that's 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 my my main foundation, and everything else is you know just to kind of help me understand more of um, context and uh, in their life as Jews um, in the you know fifteen eighteen hundreds. Um, and just, you know, to kind of add to my studies and not really get overwhelmed with the, the mysticism part. There's other books uh, that are part of Kabbalah, the Sefer Yesira, uh, or the Book of Creation, which is traditionally ascribed to the patriarch Abraham, although others attribute it uh, to also the writings of Akiva. It's um, mystical ideas focused on how the universe came into existence. Um, you know, in, in Christian circles, they would say, well, you know, they have the six days of creation, and then God rested, and then case closed. Like, just believe it, it was supernatural, and that's it. And in Jewish circles, they're like, okay, but how did it actually happen? So, some of this is speculation, but these books, like, what people need to understand about extra-biblical books is they're trying to uh, answer questions they were struggling with themselves. So if nowadays our struggle is, you know, that evolution happened, has the world been around for thousands of years or only for so, so many, you know, hundreds of years or whatever the, the, the religious people debate about, the these um, great sages of Judaism, they were actually trying to figure out how it all happened. And they use philosophy, they use mystical understandings to try to put it all together. So uh, some people might say that that's kind of like the an exercise of, of folly because you're trying to comprehend things that that we as humans might not be able to but that's why some people might say Kabbalah is a science because it was like the beginning of people trying to formulate ways to make the universe make sense and then later with the secular and the enlightenment that developed even more and it became something that is testable but I think that humans have always had the desire to try to figure things out and in Judaism there's more freedom to do that and it's not as you know you you should just believe everything automatically it is true in some circles but there's also this idea that you can explore you can come up with different ways to look at it and there's a lot of room for um, that type of uh, theological exploration uh, there's other concepts such as the Adam Kadmon and Enoch, the the great prophet or one of the biblical figures, uh, becoming almost angel-like. Uh, there's an angel called Metatron that's supposed to be the, the voice of God. Uh, Enoch and Adam Kadmon, or the primordial Adam, become prototypes of the Messiah. Um, and then there's um, there's different understandings of God, of how... He's the endless one, the Ein Sof, and the ten emanations are different aspects of God's uh, body or God's um, character. Um, and um, do you find comfort, Jay, in in learning more about 
God because in Christian circles the focus is on Jesus but they don't talk much about God the Father or what we would call Abinu Malkenu or Adonai Elohenu and they um, so it's kind of like God becomes secondary to his son and then you're left with um, you really don't know much about the creator other than that he's very stern and he gets disappointed and then he um, fights against the enemies of of Israel and then he um, kind of like disappears and then comes back like we have a very limited understanding of of the character of God and then in this type of um, formula you actually get to know more God's attributes like his mercy his judgment his righteousness and I find that comforting for myself how about you Jay I think it's um it uh <clears throat> I was I, I I was really getting into the um what you're saying there but um you shared a lot of really good points but one of the things that I think that it, how it really helps me is um like any any child um that uh, has a father um you know that is you know his father is always around but at the same time you know the son may not see his father physically every time um that child is always going to you know use his imagination um you know and and if he sees his dad as a hero well then his he uses his imagination um building imaginations and views and visions of of his dad and, and what have you and so the way i see it is just, it just helps me you know to kind of not to put god in a box or not to you know put put a god in a body but just to kind of help me understand more um about his nature and about uh, who he is um, as a god and as a father um and to me that's a it can be you know it can help someone um grow closer to god and there's other very strange concepts like seem zoom when it means the contraction or constriction of god that gave origin to the universe or to to earth and then there's the clipot that there are these husks that carried god's light and that the universe cannot contain god so they shattered and that's why the world is uh corrupted or fallen and then there's these four worlds that have to do with um the process of creation emanation formation and manifestation uh they also speak of the tree of life the etzhayim the uh, etzhayim um could also mean the torah itself and uh esoteric stuff related to to the ten sefirot or, or emanations and then um there's jewish meditation um some of the great sages of hasidism or or Kabbalists like the the Baal Shem Tov, um, they had mantras that, that they would do and, and concentrations to help with their devotion. Um, one of them is called the Ribono Shelolam, Lord of the Universe, and you repeat that several times. Uh, they use these in chants and in music, and um, they um, the mystical stuff also relates to prayer and how. Uh, we try to connect with god uh by praying three times a day um and then um 
There's other mystical books like the uh, Helakot Rabati, the Greater Book of Divine Chambers, which um, speaks about the Divine Chariot. And um, the Chariot is one of my favorite um, symbols, uh, biblical symbols, uh, when Elijah the prophet uh, was done with his um, outreach or his mission on, in the earth. He was taken up to heaven in a chariot. And we've talked in the show about the chariots of the gods being a UFO or whatever. Uh, he got beamed up. But in, in Jewish mysticism, that uh, chariot is kind of like, it has something to do with the, the throne of God and God embracing someone into his kingdom. And, you know, there's the mystical kingdom and then there's the earthly kingdom, the theocratic kingdom. But um, some of that stuff for me is very intriguing. Um, and there's stuff related to the angels. Um, there's angels for all different kinds of things. There, um, Michael is a prince who um, who holds the prayers of people and takes them to the heavenly Jerusalem. Um, you know, the book of Revelation in the New Testament speaks of things that are related to this. So if you don't know the, the Jewish background, you might not understand the, the throne room of God or the palaces or the different things, the, the 12 tribes by, bowing down before God. All these things were in development at that time. And it was related to the prophecies of the the major prophets like i know daniel is a minor prophet but he's major in the sense of like he's one of the most mystical ones and then you have ezekiel and isaiah isaiah saw the, the throne of god ezekiel saw this uh rebuild jerusalem and, and temple that doesn't fit any of the ones that were built up until now and then um daniel talks about the end times and the the wars between Gog and Magog and uh, the establishment of of God's kingdom on earth. So all these things were part of the the nascent um, rabbinic Judaism and the nascent Christian community. So it's important to to know the origins of Kabbalah, and then it developed into other things throughout the history of of Judaism. Um, how have you um, again, Jade? Do you feel that these things are encouraging or is it very convoluted and confusing because again um, one of the the worries is that theologians uh, rabbinic scholars or Torah scholars and also from the other uh, religious traditions uh, the the people who study this stuff they find it exciting they find it interesting but does it help the common man does it give people something to work with or is it just very ethereal and out there that it doesn't really have an impact on on our daily lives i think it's all on who's reading it and what their perspective is if they have one already and if they're open-minded um and um so that's that's to me that's the difference that's it's that's the, the make it or break it it's uh, it all depends on on who's reading it, because if a Christian reads it, then he's going to find errors in it. Um, if a secular Jew reads it, he's going to find he's going to find it crazy. Um, and so it all depends on who's reading it. Um, I think if you have the proper understanding 
at least of what you're, you're kind of getting into because I know Kabbalah is very deep and, um, you know, people study it for um, 20, 40, 50 years and so forth. And so it's, it's, it's something that takes a lot of, you know, years to study. But at least to kind of understand that, um, you know, that a lot of things, you know, that, that you will find some things that um, may seem kind of odd to you. Um, but I think it's, if somebody goes in and understands um, that they're not reading the Torah, they're not reading the Tanakh, you know, that it's, um, some can call it an expression, some can call it the spiritual side of, of uh, Torah observance and having Torah in your life, and uh, or as a Jew, you know, religious Jew or what have you. Um, but again, it all, it all depends on who's reading, who's reading the, the book. Personally, I think it's helpful. Personally, I think it's helpful. Well, in the future, we'll have you back on the show when we can discuss other topics related to Judaism. Um, again, I believe that uh, it's important to get to know different religions, different uh, world pers perspectives to help us grow and to help us understand other communities. Um, here in The Mystic and the Skeptic, we've covered a, a gamut of different topics. But um, we like to cover them in depth. We don't like to just brush all over them. And I feel that what's happening right now in the in the media environment is that everything just gets like 10 seconds and you don't really get to understand things very well. And you get bombarded with all kinds of stuff. So one of the aspects of, of Jewish studies is that it it kind of calms you down. Like it makes you ponder things and it makes you um, think deeply about uh, complicated matters, but I think that also helps you as a person to to be more aware and more uh, quiet and kind of like hear people out and try to look at things from the big picture because um, that's why I think it's important to not just be someone who's a consumer of information, but someone who's also uh, putting out information and, and really going deep and, and soaking yourself in, in great ideas so then they can make an impact on your life. So uh, again, Jay, thank you for being on the show. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you again uh, or hearing you in, in our podcast radio show. And um, Thank you for having me, David. I appreciate it.